from runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 342, Windows 8.1 Recap, with guest Mark Manassi, recorded Tuesday, October 29th, 2013. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. I'm at Dev Intersection in Angle Brackets in Las Vegas right now, and had a chance to sit down with Mr. Manassi, who I get to see, I don't know, twice a year or so. Not enough, my friend. Not, Not enough. enough. I think the last time we talked was uh, we were in San Francisco, right? That was Ed Horley's conference. Uh, y- yes. And then we did a .NET Rocks. And, and anyone who's ever listened to .NET Rocks, I hadn't slept in like 48 hours. And I remember thinking <laughs> in the middle of this, these guys think it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm drunk. But I, I was stone cold sober, but I just had about 5 megahertz left. Nice. <laughs> and so, but we got good comments on that. So, I'm very Absolutely. happy. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the audience really liked it. And I was glad you could come. They especially like my app. My, my, yes. My, we, have, we have to work on it, buddy. We have to work yeah, on it. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. I really wanted to talk to you a bit about your thoughts on 8.1 now that it's been out for a while. Well, so Windows 8.1's been out thing. for about a week now. Yeah. Now, I, so my recollection is you have a half-hour show, and I'm not sure there's enough to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I've never found I had a problem filling a half-hour with you and I talking. <laughs> Whether or not we get to the content or the, you know, oh, okay, the question at hand, that can be a challenge. But. Well, the way, that I, the, the way that I talk about it is, is that – it's a funny thing, right? Because we're used to seeing Windows every year and a half, two years, something yeah. like that. Okay, you know, and, and but Microsoft's got this new cadence thing where they're, you know, which is which makes sense on the server side. Basically, what they're doing is that I'm going to get these numbers wrong because because mm-hmm. there's more than one piece to Azure. But with Azure, and you think about this, if you're a coder at Microsoft, yeah. There's no coders that get up in the morning and say, I'm going to write me some crappy code today. You know, just what ends up happens though is if you're my program manager and we're doing server and server comes out every two years and you say, Mark, you got 18 months to make your brilliant idea work. Right. Comes to the 18th month, the last day. It's like, you got it done. Like, boss, I need a week. Dude, we got to check in. Yeah. So, so what it's, so it gets to wait for the next version. Yep. With Azure though, they're pretty much doing builds. I'm making this up two weeks, something along those lines, which means that, you know, any old time a great idea gets to go out there. They get to QA it in the sense the cost, the customers say this crap doesn't work, you know, and about once a year, what they're essentially going to do is a snapshot of that. And that's the latest version of server, which is. Is awesome. It means if you're a Hyper-V guy, you're really friggin' happy because that's the stuff that gets beat on hard. Yeah, sure. I mean, AD not well, so much. Well, I mean, yeah, so much of 2012 is just everything. R2. Yeah. Well, 20, I thought 2012 as a whole was like, this is all stuff coming out of Azure. The way they thought about it's the UI. It's a finely honed, wonderfully hand-assembled missile pointed straight at Palo Alto. <laughs> I mean, it's just exactly <laughs> the fine folks is. of VMware. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Seriously, I, I, I would, I, I'd, show, I'd show it to stock. <laughs> I just find it so interesting. They don't charge for Hyper-V. Right, like it, it, this they is kind of do. I mean, in, in reality, you have to, you have you to need a license, license to do something. And with every it. instance inside there, there's licensing rules around it. I guess yeah, they're, they're making it that way. They're just not selling it as a feature unto itself. Which I, yeah, it's got to be kind of is VMware the new novel? You know, think of it that way, Richard. And, and here's why: if we think back, because this is actually a great time, because last July, which is just a few months, mm-hmm. 20th anniversary of the release of NT Server 3.1. Right, it was like July 23rd or something like that of 
Yeah, July 23rd of, of, of two, of 1993. And think about it. They were trying to take on Novell at the time. Mm-hmm. Novell's the big dog that 92% of the market. Yep. I was a Novell installer. You know, what Microsoft did was they said, okay, we're going to give you a file server service. It's not as good as Novell, but it's pretty gosh darn close. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff they nickel and dime you for. Oh, you want to dial in? Oh, that's going to be an extra $300. Right. You want to, you know, whatever. And all that stuff was in the box. I mean, no marginal cost, not free, but, and they're doing the same thing. Yep. You look at VMware and there's brilliant, brilliant stuff in VMware. And some of the smartest things about file systems there. But what are you getting here? Well, you know, we, you get in the cluster things, the fault tolerance stuff. Mm-hmm. The uh, easier licensing, and it's all gravy. Yeah. You know, as we know, there's no enterprise. So that's that's a pretty heavy blow, you know. Yeah. Uh, but 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 if your interest is Active Directory, well, you know, we don't – that doesn't get milked too hard in in Azure. Right. So you're not going to see – Massive gonna, improvements in AD. I'm wondering, AD is getting long in the tooth. Are we ready for a major change there? I think the major change is that domains are going away. I mean, now this is, this is a different run as, but, um, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. So 1993. Yeah. Domains come around. They made sense because yep. we went to the office. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We, we put clothes on and we went to the office. Yeah. That was where the network was. And the firewall, the perimeter firewall roughly approximated the walls of the building. Yes. It was a safe place and you worked at your desktop computer mm-hmm. that's on the desk that the company bought and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That was the only computer you had. And how many times have I thought in the last 20 years, what if my machine wants to be a member of more than one domain? Yeah. Why would you want that? You know, that's the way a programmer says, I don't feel like doing it. You know, well, why would you want to do it? You know, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be nice to be able to have a multi-tenant system where one machine could be a domain controller from more than one domain? Why would you want to do that? And, and I remember when AD's first coming out, mm-hmm. it's 98, stuff like that. And we're hearing from Microsoft about, about domains and forests and trees and all, all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and my, everyone's question, I'm not, I'm not a genius. Everyone's question is like, how hard will it be to pluck a domain off and take another forest? Well, can't do that in product one, but coming soon. And I, I'm, I'm a director of services MVP. So I mean, right. that, that's one of my specializations. And so we meet and it's, it's the great thing about being an MVP is that I get two days in the room, me and about 20 other guys. With the product team. And they're yeah. great guys. I don't want to cast, I don't want to, you know, call them as bad guys. Sure. But they'll say, does anybody want to talk about anything? And I'll raise my hand and they'll say, Mark, put your hand down because they know I want to ask about mergers and acquisition and stuff like that. Yeah. And Microsoft is essentially, I'm not going to make the arguments for them. I understand what they're saying. I disagree. But the point is, they've surrendered on that. They're yeah. like, we just can't do it. It's not happening. I mean, what we found it with R2, mm-hmm. ADFS. ADFS is the way they're solving that problem. And again, it makes some sense. I mean, there's an element of let's not raise the bridge, let's lower the river. Yeah. Because, uh, nowadays, I mean, think about it. You're a travel, traveling Wilbur. You've got lots of people that depend on you. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if your workstation could be a member of 75 different domains? Yes. In a multi-tenant kind of fashion. And admittedly, I am an edge case, but yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, you know, every, 18 to 24 months, any organization of two or more primates does a thing called a reorg. Right. And so, We've had AD for so long. I'll bet if you talk to every single one of your clients, and I'll bet all of you listening mm-hmm. who are dealing with, even in your own organization, you're wishing you could rename the domain because we're not Ajax anymore. Yep. Now we're Acheron. Or something else. Um, yeah. you know, or, 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 or we acquired a company five years ago and we still can't friggin' f- figure out how. I mean, it's either a whole lot of pain and suffering and Active Directory migration tool, which right. by the way, thank you for it, Microsoft. It's better than nothing. Uh, but, but if there were a way to say, I mean, I rebelled yeah. two or three years ago when I started hearing because when they said, oh, the surface boxes can't turn the domain, I'm like, ah, what the fuck? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you know, my head exploded. Uh, but, you know, what that dawned to me is maybe domain join 
is a dumbass idea. Or maybe it just becomes what I said three years ago in a column, which has turned out so far, is maybe we have a hierarchy. Domain join is first class. Maybe there's a kind of, you know, just dating level. Yeah, sort of trust level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we got that with, with a thing, thing called workplace join, which right. is it's the most basic of basic of basic. And the thought is, how are they going to do this? And I got to say that ultimately, and Microsoft's other answer too, was how to do more than one forest becomes a federation. Right. I never understood how, so trees become forests, that makes sense. Right. How domains become trees, I don't understand that part. <laughs> and then how trees become forests, I get that. And more than one forest is a federation. Well, at least there's no Klingons, you know, so I, I uh, you know. Something. And, and so the, the idea there is that they said, and it was a great question, because I don't know if you know where ADFS comes from, but the two last things that Bill Gates specifically directed people to do, the first one was SharePoint. Right. He wanted a collaborative tool for talking to HP and at the time Compaq and guys like that. Right. And he got tired of logging in all the time. And he said, clearly HP is not going to have a real trust relationship with Microsoft. That's just not going to make, <laughs> that's just not going to happen, you know? Um, already Fortune 500 with any other Fortune 500. Right. I mean, you know, we're, we like it, but not that much, you yeah. know? And, and so ADFS is a way of building dotted line. Yes. Relationships, which involving certificates and lots of other pain and suffering. Yes. And it's, you know, uh, it isn't fun to build a federation, but at least it should be possible. You know, uh, I have to say in the last couple of months, I've really have been at wondering if I were to ask Laura Hunter to move in with me, whether she would do that. Because <laughs> I have to learn ADFS. I mean, no. And seriously, ADFS has been like, I'm like, let's see, I've got this many years till retirement. Can I possibly avoid? Yeah, probably. No. no. <laughs> That's a 2012. Yeah. Everyone, learn ADFS, because it's the answer. The yeah. idea is that we're not going to have domains. I'm making this up. But mm -hmm. the idea is we're not going to have domains. We're going to have loosely affiliated relationships. Right. And ADFS is going to be the backbone of it. So it's certificates. You know, Brian Comar, you're about to make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> you know, one of your fellow Canadians. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just stuff we all got to learn. Well, I find it interesting that Microsoft left domain join off of the RT devices because no question in my mind they could have put it in. I feel like it's them deliberately dog fooding living without being domain joined so that they can make the iPads and the Android devices play. I can't explain it, Richard, but you know what it feels like? It feels like Sanofskyism. I mean, <laughs> no, seriously, because let me give you a similar question, mm -hmm. which I talked about today at the keynote. Why on God's green earth can I not run a Metro app on the friggin' desktop? I mean, you know, it's, it's, to me, two things need to happen to make tablet work. First, I need to be able to pinch the desktop out. Right. And I don't just mean HTML controls. Because if I can do this, if I, if I can, I'm sorry, you can't see me. I'm pinching my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come closer to the mic and you can see me pinching my finger out. And if I want to close Word, mm -hmm. I should be able to just do that. And then the close box becomes as big as my thumb. Right. And I'm, and I'm good. You know, or check boxes or things like that. If they solve that problem, that's a. Yeah, it's stuff they've solved on some phones, you know. You know, that zooming effect, but it, again, it's only on the web. The controls aren't doing it properly. Exactly. I mean, then the only way you could do it in the desktop is it happens to be invoking an HTML right. con control un under the hood. And the other thing is the two desktop stuff is crazy. We've talked about this before. Yep. It's just, it's. We if, either live if in if one I'm or the Mac other. I'm a Mac expert, or I'm just anyone who's seen the simplicity, the in quotes simplicity of the Mac. And I look at this two desktop. I mean, you know, my country put away the idea of separate but equal a long time ago. <laughs> we must eliminate the two desktop world and end what must be called apartheid. Nice. It's time. It's time for that. No, seriously. And and as you guys have commented to me, you and Carl said to me at mm -hmm. the .NET Rocks thing that the the Stardock guys yep. have got a tool that'll do it. So 
I think, but I think it was just. It was arbitrary. I don't understand why Steven did it. I'm a hundred percent sure that Sanofsky was behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we both have heard conversations that we can't talk about. Just trust us. It's yep. true. Um, and I think it was just, I don't know. Maybe the idea was, cause another way to look at it is in 2011, someone with any vision mm-hmm. and in 2013, someone with even bad vision like me becomes reasonable to say, Richard, seven years from now, you can buy laptops. You and I might because we build code and I need virtual machines. If I didn't need virtual machines, if all I did was just, you know, the stuff you do to surf the web and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, you know, when my Lenovo X230U dies, I might think, well, why not get a Surface? Right. You know, a Surface 2. Why not? And maybe an RT. You know, why not get a, you know, an iPad or something along those lines? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, what's been making money for Microsoft for all these years at an 89% profit rate is desktop windows. Right. Not unreasonable to imagine that in seven years, and I'm being, I'm being help, uh, I'm being generous. Windows might be a real, you know. Well, I, I saw this fly across the Twitter just the other day when, when Apple announced that, uh, Mavericks, the next version of OS X was free. The whole conversation was who's charging for desktop operating systems anymore? Microsoft. <laughs> for now, but in the meantime, you look at the reorganization that presumably will continue to go ahead, and you know they they're currently in flux. Uh, they're de-emphasizing Windows. Windows's dominance in the Microsoft hierarchy has changed too. Shouldn't we be giving away Windows at some point? What does that really look like? I I, I can't see the shareholders letting them do that. But well, it, that's all going to boil down to who's going to succeed, Balmer, and who the heck can even imagine. Who that's going to be. I right. Mean, I, and what the next five years look like right. with, with this level of disruption. I mean, I'm kind of excited about the heterogeneity of the client. Like the diversity of client just speaks to the, the hegemony of the keyboard and the mouse is breaking down. And we are experimenting with u- new UIs. I'm not saying that touch is the future. I'm saying that we are experimenting with new UIs. It touches one of them, gestures another one. You know, you saw Tim do his thing. He thinks we're going to be thinking at computers. I'm sorry, Richard, but to quote another of your fellow countrymen, Richard, you ignorant slut. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, And here's why. Here's why. The only way we get that heterogeneity is if we're doing everything through a web browser. Right. I'm sure I sound like an old man, but I mean... The Macintosh was built upon some fascinating paradigms. Visual PostScript, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. So many of the really clever things that the, the Macintosh guys did. Some of the wonderful things that we see in the Linux GUIs. Yep. I mean, 12 years ago, they looked like pathetic toys done with the, with a crayon in the left hand from a right-handed person. Windows. How many wonderful things have we seen, um, either from a programming point of view, from Win32, from com objects, from .NET objects? I mean, uh, I hate to use the R word, but I mean, the richer experience is so many more and more things that we can do. Yep. And the only way we're going to get, in quotes, heterogeneity is that if we're all running HTML5 JavaScripty stuff, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I get that as long as we're going to be remoting. But it also, it's, it's like we're tying one leg and two hands and maybe your nose behind your back and, and saying, well, we're all going to live with this. You well, know. and what I mean, heterogeneity but, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not finished ranting. And the second part is that leads to the kind of behavior that led to the website from my country's healthcare thing. This nice. whole single page application, <laughs> doodah, doodah stuff with the, with the built-in denial service attack against itself. And ah! so I, I think you're confusing homogeneity and heterogeneity. 
I mean, homogeneity is saying I want a universal UI across all these platforms. No, I, I know that. But I, no, I, I meant that it's heterogeneous in the sense that anything could fire this stuff up and run it. Right. I mean, the only way you're going to be able to do that, right? The only easy way to do it is if you're building the, the HTML5 JavaScript apps rather than the C++ apps. I mean, so it's easy to do for the Yelp apps. It can be hard to do for Angry Birds. Yeah, but I also think there's no reason. We're not specifying a client here. What we're recognizing is there's a diversity of clients now, and they run on a lot of different things. And for us, as at least on the development side, we've got to decide how we're going to build each one of those to take advantage of the different clients. I like that we now have this diversity because we are exploring new ways of working. Maybe we're doing touch. Maybe we're doing gesture. I think the biggest thing with the tablets is we're taking the computer to the work now rather than bringing the work to the computer. And that's very disruptive. And no, you're right. I mean, I mean, even eight years ago, people might have argued that the world's gone Windows. Right. And that Windows is going to win. But it's become very clear in the last few years that nobody's going to win. And yes, so, so that's that great. I mean, and, and it's it, – there's a there's a biology – metaphor that many of us use because it just makes perfect sense mm-hmm. is that having a diversity in the biome means that when there is a disruption, when there is a shock, right. then we'll survive it. They, they, we're more resilient. Yeah. We're less likely to be taken out of any given one thing. I love aircraft uh, all, technology. All, all, of our, all of our computers are being built in China, though, which means that there's probably like zero-day code built in, into all of the chips. That Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other thing. You want to go find another half hour to talk about, you know, we could have some fun with that. And, and and I just shut down my last non-Chinese computer when I decommissioned my 2003-based uh, web server. Um, nice. I, well, I got rid of it because um, uh, I can't get the coal to run it anymore. It's mm-hmm. steam-driven <laughs> because of the whole, you know, green <laughs> stuff. It's a, but, you know, I feel the same way about China that we felt about Japan in the late – in the early 90s or in the late 80s. You know, they had this – remember, they were – they manufactured everything. They dominated it all. And There were economic reasons why the Japanese collapse isn't going to happen in China. That's a – that's another half hour yeah, show. Yeah, let's yeah. not go there either. <laughs> let's, let's move past all of this and, and dig into this idea that, uh, my, you know, Mac isn't all that. Mac still hasn't got touch. Like, Apple hasn't taken that on. iPad is not Mac OS. And, 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 and by the way, I have to help some of my friends with their Macintoshes. And I say, you do know I'm not a Mac guy. They're like, no, no, no. You're, you're a computer guy. You can do this. And, I'm trying to find a freaking USB stick. You know, it's like a, there's this there's this thing called the I can't find it or something like that. Is it on the Mac? The I can't finder, something like that. Okay. And and, and it's, it's like, oh my god! It's funny how we we hypnotize. I'm not saying the Mac's bad. It's, I mean, if you're trying to solve a problem, it's like the reason that all small cars look the same <laughs> is that if you want good gas mileage, well, you run it through the wind tunnel and the numbers it, come it out. Sort it of doesn't looks like matter. A shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, you end up with the same shape every time. But I do feel like Microsoft's made some progress here. They, the, the, the two mode thing is crazy, but I don't think Metro is taking off. I, you know, when I'm talking to enterprise developers that are actually building applications for tablets, they're building them in WPF and desktop mode and not because they like it, because it can actually deploy it. The deployment story that exists right now for, for the modern apps or the Metro mode is untenable. Well, I had to talk about that that I almost did at this conference, but there was some rearranging. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next, maybe next September. No, it is, it is fascinating. I mean, uh, and by the way, anybody who wants to learn more about this, uh, uh, Michael Nihas mm-hmm. at, Micros- at Microsoft, that's N-E-I-H-A-U-S, did a really terrific talk to like three people at TechEd. Where were we just? New Orleans. In New so Orleans, so yeah. if you Google t- uh, Bing, uh, TechEd, New Orleans 2013, Michael Nihas deploying Windows 8 apps. It's You just look at it and you just keep shaking your head saying, what the what? This I was mean, a plan? 
<laughs> speechless. Completely speechless. It's inconceivable, and I know what the word means. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely speechless as it stands right now. And so, especially when I, if I'm dealing in enterprise, I already have configuration manager. I already have a deployment mechanism that works within the domain for uh, all of these machines. So if as long as I get pro devices and I join them to my domain and I'm able to apply group policy to them, I'm able to roll apps out to them. I just don't bother with the Metro. That is the funny part of the story is that if the domain falls down, if the domain falls apart, we still want group policies. Yeah. So they're going to have to do something with group policies. Well, I, it's not that I want them. I'm legally obligated to have them. You know, I'm the IT guy at this organization. I am responsible for the infosec in this organization. And I need to write computers remotely. And I need to put constraints on things. I need to know when USB keys are plugged in. Like, I need to be sure that those things are encrypted. Like, I don't have a choice. It's my job. And look at, if we're going to talk about Windows 8.1, uh, Deploying Windows 8.1 is a little easier because deploying a desktop was a bit of a bit definitely bit of bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. The funny thing was there's three different ways to do it and, and they're do things in eight and they're mutually exclusive, right. which is inconceivable. Anyway, so there's this thing where you get a Windows 8.1 box the way you like it. Oh, by the way, only enterprise. Yes. If you try it on Pro, it makes believe it's working. Oh, really? Oh, it's really funny. Let me, I'll tell you in a minute what, what it does. So the idea is you get it desktop the way you like it, and then you have a little PowerShell command, export dash, a start layout, and uh, you got to use the XML rather than the bin parameter. Hmm. It gives you some XML. You then stick that XML on a group policy, and you can deploy that group policy. The group policy is seen by 8.1, and you then end up with the exact same desktop as everybody else, which is kind of cool, right? The yes. whole That's the good part. The bad part is, the first part is, you can't change anything. Hmm. So... Unless you really work at an organization where everyone's desktop, honestly, down to the last atom, has to be the same. Wow. You know, which is, I mean, it, it, yeah. Anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing that's is- That's not how humans work. Right? They humans don't, decorate their space, and their screen is their space, too. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because if I'm the same as everybody else, why am I working here? Right. And it, I started playing around with, with Pro, and I didn't realize that I needed Enterprise in order to make it work. Hmm. And what it does is this. It takes the fact, it takes the fact that you've got some rules, but it doesn't remember the icons. All it does, remember I said that it, it creates a desktop for you and right. locks it down? All this does is lock it down. So whatever you had, you can't change it all. <laughs> so, so it's the worst of all possible worlds. The feature you didn't want works and the feature you did want doesn't work. I, and, and, and the funny thing too is that I'm like, am I the first person that discovered this? And that's, uh, that, that's How did the, this ship. That's the big, that's the big mistake with eight and 8.1 is we don't have ultimate. You know, I'm a small business and I talk to a lot of small businesses yes. and I just, you know, I don't want to get that close to Microsoft. I don't need five enterprise licenses. And that's what I would need in order to get, you know, started with this stuff. And But at the same time that they're getting rid of versions of things, what is it up with this schism between pro and enterprise? Like, Well, well, that started back in, in Vista days. Yeah. Right? Because Vista had business, which wasn't very good at all. No. And then there was... Ultimate slash enterprise. Windows 7 had ultimate and enterprise. And Windows 8, for some reason. There is no ultimate anymore. Well, the interesting thing is like, first of all, professional became pro. Right. Means we can't spell or something like that. So is this, is that a nod to the increasing ignorance of, you know, the Nicholas Carr in the shallows? I don't increasing know if it's two S's or two L's. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, you can't, I can't go to a retail store. Right. And buy a DVD with a version of Windows 8 or 8.1 that does all the cool things, right. App Locker and all that, yeah. which is, you know, is, what is Microsoft saying to the three-person shop? Yeah. I mean, really, what are they saying? There's yeah. just not, it's. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it's, it's a bad message. It's a yeah. bad message. In 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 an interesting time to be like that. You know, the other feature I think is just not used. That only comes in enterprise is Windows to Go. Well, you can make Windows to Go work with professional, but it's really? it's a pain. Well, no, I mean, it, it, so think about what's happening. You're running a Windows 8 professional, and you're sticking it on different hardware. Right. So it's saying, oh, you've changed too much. I need to be relicensed. But if yeah. you just want to hack around with it, you can do it. You want to be careful, though, because this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Windows to Go has a weird little bug where uh, you may know this. I don't know if all of our listeners do. If you put a hard drive into a system, mm-hmm. you put a USB stick in, and you do essentially a low-level format, right? a basic format, it creates a GUID and he puts it on that on that drive. Yes. Okay. In Windows to Go, if the USB stick has a particular GUID, and one of the drives inside the system has a particular quid. It goes all bonkers. Oh, wow. It can't handle it at all. Hmm. First of all, all kinds of features stop working and it says, this does not work in this SKU. I'm like, what? what? What's going on here? And it's an easy enough thing to do if you've been playing around with this stuff and you're just like cloning things. Right. So very test labs quickly fall apart if you, if you do go too nuts with this thing. I just, I just like this idea that I'm beginning to believe that what users care about, that regular people care about, is their desktop. Their configuration is what matters to them. Configuration and their data. Hardware, that doesn't matter to them at all. So the idea that they would be able to bring their identity with them, bring their configuration and their data with them, and not leave it in the cloud. That's not acceptable either because the connectivity is still not good enough. I want it in the cloud as well so that when I lose this stick, I haven't lost everything. But doesn't now I have ubiquitous hardware because there's hardware everywhere. Remember, it was the thin the thin stall guys that yeah. did this first, and it was fantastic. You could carry a little desktop with you. Windows ago has done a better job with it, but again, the silly bar. I mean, uh, about I, th- I think there's a way for small businesses to get enterprise mm-hmm. if they buy into that uh, office subscription. I think. I think the way it works is you know how you can get that version of Office where five people can have it, right? And it's you know it's up in the cloud and all that kind of stuff. And it's, I forget how much it is per dollar per per month, but for a bit more, you get a copy of Enterprise as right. well. But that means you're getting Enterprise and it's subscription only. It's just, uh, and, and, and the management of it is a nightmare. So. It reminds me I should go back and revisit Small Business Server again just to see what 2012 has done to that well, interesting called, little business. Now it's called Essentials. Essentials. Windows Essentials yeah, Server. Just in case you weren't sure you're getting a minor subset that you, these are only the essentials, not all the good stuff. And the funny part is, Essentials is now an optional role on full-blown server. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I always remember, Richard, that, you know, uh, what's it, uh, in November 2012, mm-hmm. two states legalized marijuana. Colorado was one. And Washington State, the home of Microsoft, is yes. the other. And I've always assumed that there's something going on there. <laughs> You've been to campus. There's a lot of green spaces. You know, A lot just, of green space, yeah. A lot of happy people laying on lawns. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm it's assuming. the strangest, strangest thing. Yeah, the, you know, the elephant place I could see, if Windows to go was just to be everywhere, put it inside a phone. Imagine a phone, because it already has a USB interface on it, with some very fast storage in it that I can access from the phone, but that I can stick that phone in a cradle and use whatever machinery is in front of me and have that configuration and that, and that desktop information and all my data, and it's syncing to the cloud at the same time. So I didn't lose it. You know, we tend not to lose our phones as much as we lose USB keys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually... I wish Windows Phone were more successful. I I think they got the 5% this past quarter. Oh, really? So it's still creeping up on other? Yeah. That's right. Well, it's a uh, clearly plas- 
blackberry now but there's something you know i spent a lot of time in europe in the last few weeks as did you um i made three trips back and forth you were Mm -hmm. wise you you did it as one big flight one big month in europe yeah exactly um but uh, windows phone's got a bigger when i was talking to let me get my city's company i think it was sweden Mm -hmm. um might have been poland then i got a fair number of hands clearly it's a microsoft event but but still but i mean that they really it was snappy. It, it responds really well the, to yeah, Nokia is making that product work. Uh, uh, and, and we'll see how Nokia works as as a Microsoft division. But uh, I'm I'm excited at what's happening over there. I think they're still slugging away. Uh, I think Android sort of shattered all over the market and making a mess. And I, I think you know, bit by bit, those big are gonna Galaxy that. phones look pretty cool. I got to tell Samsung's you, Samsung's a, a different as, story. As an it? old man, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking my next one's going to be the, you know, one of those notes. Yeah, you're going to need a note. There's yeah, a new note so coming. You can out, read note it. Yeah. Hey, Nokia is now making a 1520, which is a six-inch phone. Oh, is that right? So yeah, giant logos. And what is it running? Live tiles, Windows 8, Windows really? Phone, Windows Phone 8. Yeah, I'll be darned. Yeah, I thought they'd be. That's so, it. I, I, see, I find it interesting that they because they're on a different chipset altogether, right? So I mean, they did the hard work to. Yeah. To implement that the Windows on that on that box, it's yeah, it's still Windows eight point one. Question for you: Have you have you been playing with eight point one? I have, much? yeah. I I put the preview on my main development machine and then upgraded it to the full eight point one. That didn't work so well, now, did it? Yeah, upgraded. I don't think that's the word, Richard. Think, you did not upgrade that. I think I did an upgrade. It you made a mess it. of things, and then I went, <laughs> okay, this is a mess of things, and I wiped it and rebuilt it. Yeah, you pretty much pretty much had to. Yeah. Um, but so have you played with in Bing Food and Drink? The idea is there's a recipes there, and if you have a computer that's got a webcam on it, then yeah. you could just wave your hand and it will it will turn the pages for you. Have you played no, with that? No, I've not played with that. Well, it's great fun. So it's like pseudo connect. Uh, yes, it's it, it's connectini or, or, or <laughs> something some, something like that. Uh, and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. So what happens is the webcam comes on and you can see the little light come on. Yeah. Uh, so what you have to do is the only thing I've seen that it works on. Is Bing Food and Drink, which is a new thing where you can right. keep your recipes and stuff like that. And I guess the idea is you've got the thing in the kitchen, and yep. so you could turn on easy mode or hands-free mode or something like that. And so it only works in you know, a very specific uh, domain, and then you just kind of wave your hand to move the. But it doesn't work that well. So you and you, you got to find an optimal space. And you, f- I, what I, my problem was, I'm making a cake doing this, and I'm flinging the hand around so much that the computers are right, but I'm flinging cake batter, you know, all over the <laughs> all over the kitchen. But I'm Put sure the spoon. I'm sure it's going to get better. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to. But I did this on my Surface, which I assume has optimal hardware for this. Yeah, you know, theoretically, or only Surface, five yeah. touch points though. I just noticed that the other day. Really? That's the minimum number of acceptable touch points. Yeah, so well, they, made it, the they made it over the particular threshold. Yes. yes so yes. you're going to get a Surface Two? Almost. The Surface Two Pro almost does it for me. Yeah. Five twelve storage. Only eight gigs of RAM. Right. And if I had sixteen gigs of RAM, five twelve of storage, US, USB three, under two pounds, mm-hmm. um, eight hour battery life. Yeah, I think so. Right there. I like the type cover. It's pretty good. I'm also thinking that Microsoft's still setting the base bar for this kind of hardware. That presumably the third party companies, the, the Acer's and the Asus and and those types, are going to build better hardware still. Maybe, maybe. I don't know that we've really seen it though. No. Uh, as I say, you know, staying under, you know, two pounds is pretty gosh darn Not good. Easy to do. I mean, the, the Samsung guys mm-hmm. have done some nice things with their ATV, but I mean, those are atom boxes yeah. and there's really, you know, no more than two gigs of RAM and there's just not that much NADs in the first place. No. But supposedly, I, and I haven't played this, but you know more about this than I do. Supposedly the, either the Haswell i5s or the pre-Haswell i5s were 
quantum leap better. Yeah. In, Big horsepower. In, in battery saving. No, yeah. no, 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 in battery saving. Yeah, they made for bad servers because they were sent, they, you know, I think people have got to catch on to this idea that I, Intel is taking Microsoft seriously and really trying to crush ARM and they've bifurcated their lines of processors. There's processors right. designed to be optimized for tablets and one's designed for bigger iron and don't cross the two. Use them properly. And, you know, and what's interesting also is that no one's talked much about this. I mentioned it in the keynote, but if you've got one of the new Haswell processors, mm-hmm. everything's encrypted on your little tablet. Everything's yeah. encrypted on whether you ask for it or not, which is, you know, now you can actually undo it if you're running real Windows, mm-hmm. but you can't do it on RT. They have a word for it. So BitLocker is the one that's voluntary and there's this. Trusted computing platform. It's or- persist. It's a word like persistent or ubiquitous or. Ominous, yeah. ominous <laughs> encryption. That's that's what they call it. Ominous encryption. You can't get away from it. It's always there. Yes, yes. We're trying yes, to protect yes. you from the NSA. Really, you know, we're trying. So, so, uh, so, what do we got? To, so, in terms of eight point one, really seriously, if you're mm-hmm. thinking about upgrading, it's a fairly easy upgrade. Yeah. Uh, pay attention because there is one question where it's going to say, "Do you want me to save your data?" Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, you, you don't, do that wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to recommend a backup. I think that's a real good idea. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, it's very smooth. The interesting thing, though, is that you and I are used to downloading something, but no, you go to the store. Right. That's kind of that was kind That's of kind slick of interesting isn't when it, it worked. <laughs> but it, when yes. it, when it, that was pretty slick. And what else did we get? Uh, so security stuff. the The other cool thing is these new fingerprint readers. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was Microsoft supported it first, but Apple took it to Mark, Mark yes, first and took it away. That seemed to really matter. And for those of you who heard about the MythBuster stuff, right, or the the, the fact bears. that you're swiping the thing on your laptop 15 times, these are different. These are one touch, and the whole idea is pretty interesting because you know now we can get away from. Well, you know, we we need 13 character passwords, and most of us just don't have yep. the interest or whatever the energy to uh, actually make good passwords. That's the good news. The bad news is. My problem, the one I always have with biometrics, is that here's my data. Mm-hmm. If the only thing standing between a bad person and my data is part of my body, I don't have any data that is more important than even the least important part of my body. Right. And so that that troubles me a little bit. I might, you know, but you did. Have you seen that that the Apple, the i five, no, the Apple five S, which one has the fingerprint? Yes. S. Yeah. Okay. It's just, apparently, it works on more than just fingers. Oh, really? Oh, yes. People use it for nipples. Nipples, huh? Yes. <laughs> and I guess there have been others as well. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I guess it's, it's a high resolution picture of something. Yeah. And so a pattern of your skin or something along those lines. Would, well, and, yeah, this whole biometric thing is a whole other level of discussion. Like, it's just, well, you, what's the answer? What's, I mean, look, passwords, if passwords are not obsolete at this moment. Yes. It's not going to be a long yeah. before, before that's the case. Yeah. I mean, First of all, the social engineering, look at the Wired article from last year, the year yep. before. It, it scares me a lot. It really does, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a con, it is a constant problem and it's one we're still not really addressing effectively. Well, the, you know, it's interesting that whenever people talk about cloud, they talk about IaaS and PaaS and, and SaaS. Yeah. And not so many about IDAS is identity as a service. Mm-hmm. So if you thought, stop and think about it, I mean, do you really want to keep track of the 200 accounts you've got on the no, 200 really. websites and the 200 passwords, all of which are different because I would never use the same password because I have a brain the size of Megamind. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're using passwords. So what's the answer? We're going to log in using our our Facebook accounts. I don't think so. Yeah. Which is, But that's that's an interesting little battle. That's a quiet one. Mm-hmm. You don't hear people talking about that. No. But you know what, dude? That is a whole other show. 
I mean, the identity discussion is a big discussion. I think we should have it, but I don't think we'll have it today. <laughs> uh, Mark, always fun to talk to you. And you too, pal. And uh, I'm sorry we won't see you in the spring, but I'm sure we'll see you soon enough. I sure, certainly hope so. And until then, safe travels. I'm sure you're traveling as much as I am in the next few months. Hither and yon. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Run As Radio.